Amen. When I think of this song, two stories come to mind. Moses in a burning bush where God said, take off your shoes. The place where you're standing is holy ground. And an angel appears to Joshua and tells him that he's on holy ground. I think it's important for us to recognize the holiness of God. Sometimes to come back to that point to realize that we're dealing with something vastly more important than anything else in our life. We're dealing with a holy God. But I also want you to notice that while the holiness was necessary, it preceded something in both cases. Because after Moses recognized he was on holy ground, after he acknowledged what was taking place, God called him to deliverance. After the angel appeared to Joshua and reminded him that he was on holy ground, he gave him the instructions for Jericho. I believe holiness is very important, recognizing who God is, but sometimes God leads us to that place where we reevaluate and we recognize who God is so that He can lead us into the deliverance that He has. I believe there's victory in this place today. I believe you can receive what you need in this place today. As I open my heart, as I open my life to Him, that there's angels here to minister, there's angels here to war, there's angels here to turn your situation around today. Today. I'm going to be reading from 1 Kings chapter 18. Thank you, praise team, for your worship today, choir. To all of our guests, again, thank you for being here today. I will say, near the end of last year, the start of this year, I did warn people that God had been dealing with me about faith. So I'm going to be preaching a lot about revival and deliverance and healing. And I'm thankful for revival. You know, what's funny too, though, is every time you look at revival, whether it's in Scripture or it's happened naturally in the, in the world, since Scripture... It's never just revival, but there's signs, wonders, deliverances. And I believe God still does that. And so I come to the Word of God in faith today, knowing that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's not to say that there haven't been miracles among us, there haven't been deliverances, there haven't been people filled with the Holy Ghost among us. That's not to say that. But I believe that there are seasons and there are times. In fact, Brother Dale, you mentioned it. That, that verse in Isaiah, the start of the passage you read, I, I pray that almost daily. It says, who has believed his, our report? And the arm of the Lord is not short. That's a funny phrase, a short arm. You short arm, you short arm a football, right? Can't you short arm a football? can't short arm a soccer ball that doesn't work but it's it's tougher to do it that way you might not have as good a throw his arms not short his power hasn't changed is what it means and I've just been praying Lord I know your arms not short help us to see it help us to see it first Kings chapter 18 verse 42 reading three verses here it says so Ahab went up to eat and drink about that time. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Man, there's people that are lost right there. There's a top to Carmel? I can get on top of Carmel? Caramel. And he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. And he said, Go again seven times and it came to pass at the seventh time that he said that's the servant behold there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand and he Elijah said go up away go up say unto Ahab prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not today I like to preach to you from this title I see the cloud but I want the rain 
I see the cloud, but I want the rain. I wonder if you'd pray with me today that the Lord would have his way. Lord Jesus, we come before you. Thankful to be in your presence, Lord. Honored to be here. Thankful for your spirit that we feel. We know that you are in this place. And Lord, if you are in this place, anything is possible. That you are here in your entirety. Lord, you are here to mend, to heal, to restore today, God. You are here to deliver, to save today, God. And Lord, we pray right now that you would have your way in this place. That you would move, that you would touch, that you would anoint our ears to hear your word today, God. To hear your voice as it speaks to us today. We give you praise and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You you may be seated this morning. I see the cloud, but I want the rain. For the last three years in Israel's existence, they have experienced no rain. I know there's some of us right now that are thinking, man, that'd be nice. Get out in the yard a little bit, not have to put on rain boots just to walk across the yard. But for three years, they've experienced no rain. Israel had come under the rule of King Ahab and his wife Jezebel who had proceeded to lead Israel further and further into idolatry. They were already not in a good place, but Ahab and Jezebel take the people even further. Jezebel was the daughter of a Baal priest, and so she brought all of the worship, all of the customs, everything that she had grown up with, she brought that to Israel and began and convinced Ahab to begin to put this into place. And While other kings had allowed things to happen, while other kings had allowed idolatry, while things had begun to crop up different places, we read about tearing down high places and different things. While all of that had taken place before, we find that again Ahab and Jezebel take things to another level and they actually build a temple for Baal and they ordain priests for the temple and they encourage and perhaps even mandate the worship of other gods, that while there is a temple to God, they have created this whole other religious system and the worship of the one true God has fallen by the wayside. Because of this, God speaks through his prophet Elijah and a judgment is passed upon Israel that no rain will come from God, that there will be no rain until God speaks again and the words of Elijah command it to happen. For three years there was nothing. Absolutely nothing. During this time, there was crop failure. Famine ensues. A search for water becomes a daily endeavor. They wake up each morning wondering, could this be the day that rain happens? And when they realize it's not going to happen, they begin a daily task of looking for water. It all comes to a head. This story comes to a head in chapter 18 as Elijah gives the word that rain is going to return. It's only one chapter, but it's three years, and Elijah speaks these words, but there's a moment of reckoning that has to take place within Israel, that God says rain will come again, but reckoning has to happen. There has to be a defining line drawn in the sand, if you will. And so Elijah calls all the people of Israel. He calls the prophets of Baal. He challenges them. They all gather on top of Mount Carmel for the first sacrifice off. It's not a dance-off, although they tried to make it one. It's a sacrifice-off. I need to think of a better name that doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Sacrifice-off. But the challenge is set, and they decide that this day something's going to be decided. From this moment on, there's going to be a choice made, and so they decide that the priests of Baal will offer sacrifices to Baal, and, and Elijah will offer a sacrifice to his God, and They decide that whoever's God answers by fire will be shown to be the one true God. The priests of Baal go first, and if you know the story, you know what takes place. They offer their sacrifice upon the altar, and for hours they do whatever they can to try and get the attention of their God. They start out praying, and then they go to dancing. They eventually end up cutting themselves in the hope that something will draw the attention of their God, Baal. It gets to the point where Elijah begins to make fun of them. This is where I'm like, okay, now I can associate with Elijah. (laughs) Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he took a vacation. You know, that sarcasm starts coming out. And he begins to mock them, and they go even longer. They try. Eventually, though, they get worn out. They get to the point where enough is enough that if Baal hasn't answered by now, he's not going to answer. And so Elijah, it's his turn now. 
And he builds an altar. He, in fact, he doesn't build a new altar. He reconstructs an old altar and he puts a sacrifice on it. And then he tells them to bit, dig a trench around about the sacrifice. And then he tells them to get uh, 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 vessels filled with water from the sea there and to cover the altar with water, to fill the trench with water. And, and of course, this is a strange thing because if you want something to catch fire, you don't soak it with water first. But Elijah is so confident in his God. <laughs> He's bold. He knows who his God is. And he knows that God can answer by fire in any situation, in any circumstance, because this is not a natural fire, this is a supernatural fire. And it doesn't operate the same way. Well, we won't talk about fire. But Elijah, he simply prays a 63-word prayer. And all of a sudden, this simple prayer, fire, shoots down from heaven. And it consumes the sacrifice. It consumes the altar made of stone. And it sucks up all the water. And there's nothing left. There is no doubt in people's mind. In fact, it's the most powerful demonstration to the people of God's might and power. And it remains a sign to us today. I would like to say, first of all, in the procession, in the progress of this story, that we find something very important that I'm not going to dwell on too long, but it's important before the rain ever came, before anything began to happen once more in Israel, sin had to be dealt with first. There had to be a line that was drawn between the old way and the new way. There had to be a line drawn between the way they had always done things and the way they had become accustomed to and how God wanted it done. And let me tell you, first of all, that if you want something in your life, if you need something from God, you need to deal with sin in your life, first of all. I know God does things however He wants and, and He can heal anyone, that He can touch anyone. But it's important for us to realize that we need to make a decision in our life and that we need to have sin dealt with in our life first, that we need to find an altar, that we need to find repentance, that we need to allow the fire of God to cleanse us, to purify us, to touch us. And let me tell you, today is a good day to repent. Today is a great day for you to find an altar and say, wash me, cleanse me, purify me today. And God will. But upon leaving Mount Carmel, we see that things begin to happen. Stuff takes place. We won't get into it. And Elijah makes his way back up to Mount Carmel. Everyone's left. The, the demonstration is over. And God has told Elijah that rain's going to come. And Elijah has proclaimed it. So Elijah goes back to the top of the mountain. He takes a servant. And he begins to pray and watch for the rain. A strange process occurs, a frustrating process occurs as Elijah takes his servant up there and his servant doesn't really know why he's going with him. He doesn't know what lays in store, but he sees Elijah begin to pray and after a while Elijah tells the servant, go look and see if you see anything. So the servant goes to the edge of the mountain or wherever he went to look and he looks out and sees nothing. He sees nothing. Perhaps we get some idea that he knows somewhat what he's looking for because I'm sure he saw something. There was something to look at. He just knew he was looking for signs of rain. And so he goes and looks and he sees nothing and he comes back and this takes place six times with no results. At some point, I'm sure frustration might set in. I'm sure I, if I was in the circumstance of the servant that I would get frustrated. Are you kidding me? You're doing this again? There's nothing. There's nothing. In fact, uh, I know when I was a kid, uh, not a kid, when I was a teenager and it was uh, time for me to get up, I had my morning routine time down to the minute, so I knew I didn't have to get up yet. But yet, I would still be awakened at an hour that I did not want to be awakened at from yelling downstairs and all kinds of things. And so I finally found a good thing to do because they knew I was up and around when they heard my footsteps. So I kept a pair of shoes by the bed. And when they'd say, get up, I'd take the shoes and go on the floor like that. I'm sure they weren't fooled. <laughs> I'd try and make them think I was up. If I was the servant, I might just after a while, after the fourth time, just be like, nah, I don't see anything. I'm not going all the way out there again. I don't see anything. But we find that after each negative response, Elijah turns back to prayer. He turns back to prayer. Let me say, first of all, I'm thankful for every prayer of Elijah that's represented in this place. 
I'm thankful for every intercession that's gone up. I'm thankful for every prayer of faith that has taken place. Every person that through the years has checked on the horizon, if you will, in faith that God is going to do something, that God is going to move in this church, that God is going to do something in your, in your situation. And you go and you check one more time because faith was stirred within you again. And you go and check and there's nothing there. And I want to thank you that you didn't get frustrated in your prayer. There may have been frustration, but you found yourself in a place of prayer again. You said, God, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep fasting. I'm going to keep believing that what you said would happen is going to happen no matter what I see. I'm going to keep believing in your word. Let me tell you, there's people that are sitting here today and the only reason that you are sitting here today is because of the prayers of other people. That when it looked like your life wasn't going to turn around, when they go and check, they saw nothing and yet they went back to prayer. They went back to the top of the mountain. They got alone with God and said, Lord, I know you said you're going to save them and I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep trusting you. Mark chapter 9 and verse 29 says, Jesus said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. We realize that there are some things that I just have to keep praying for. And I don't understand why if God said it, He didn't answer on the first time, or the second time, or the third time, or the sixth time. But what I go to my knees in prayer with every time is that it might be the next time. Is that the seventh time is going to happen. So I keep fasting. I keep believing, trusting that God is going to do what he said he would do. You see, the ability to pray with no visible results is key to your situation and it's key to revival. The ability to keep believing in the face of disappointment is key to seeing an answer in your situation. Those who have prayed prayers, those kind of prayers, understood something just like Elijah did. You see, there's something. What was it that caused Elijah to constantly fall back to his knees in prayer? It wasn't just willpower. It wasn't just because he had nothing else to do. No, there was something that was driving Elijah back to his knees. We find what it was in 1 Kings chapter 18 and 41. It says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. I know I preached about sound just a few weeks ago. <laughs> but Elijah says there is the sound of abundance of rain. Let me tell you why Elijah went to his knees every time. Let me tell you why it didn't matter what the servant said. Elijah found himself still praying in faith. And that's because before there was ever a cloud, before there was ever anything that anyone could see, Elijah heard the sound of abundance of rain. Let me tell you, there's people who have heard the sound of revival before revival ever hit. And I want to thank you for your prayers, for going back to your knees and saying, you know what? I don't see it like I thought I would see it but I know I heard the sound of the abundance of rain those who keep praying even though healing hasn't happened yet but you know you heard the sound of healing you know you heard the sound of a backslidden child coming back to church and you haven't seen it yet but you go back to your knees in faith believing because you heard a sound oh, I'm here to challenge someone today don't forget the sounds you heard at one moment it's what drives you to your knees. It's what keeps you praying. It's what keeps you believing, fasting, trusting that God will do what he said he's going to do. There are generations who have gone on to be with the Lord, even in this church, and yet their prayers are still being fulfilled in you because they heard your sound before you ever knew there was a sound. Don't ever forget that your prayers are not in vain. Let me tell you, there's people that are going to stand in, in these altars or whatever altar we have eventually, who knows what it is, but are going to stand in the front and they're going to receive the Holy Ghost. And somebody who's gone on to be with the Lord even heard that in their prayers. And it's the reason why it's happening today is because in faith they kept praying. In faith they kept believing because they heard the sound even when, though no one else did. Hmm. The constant checking of the servant, the constant renewal of the, uh, of, the, of the command by Elijah to go check, it showed that there was an expectation of results from his prayer. That Elijah expected something to happen 
because he prayed. The fact that there was no sign did not mean that God did not answer prayer. (laughs) It meant that prayer was needed more and it wasn't time yet. You see, this is the part that we get frustrated at. is because we pray and we don't get an answer to our prayer. And we think, man, I really felt God say something. I thought when I would pray for that, then it would happen all of a sudden. But Elijah understood that just because there was no sign did not invalidate what God had said. It may not be time or more prayer might be needed. How could he keep praying? How could he keep sending the servant with no results? And I think somebody needs to hear this today, not just the sound of the abundance of rain, but he knew that what he heard, he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt what he heard. And it was confirmed in his soul. And he wasn't going to allow what he heard spiritually to be changed by what he saw naturally. You see, because we understand that when he heard the sound of abundance of rain, he heard something in the Spirit. He didn't hear actual rain because nobody else heard it. It wasn't that everybody else was deaf. He heard something spiritually, just like when God gives you a vision spiritually, just like when God speaks to you, and you know that's not reality, but spiritually something is taking place. Elijah knew that what I saw, what I heard spiritually, just because it's not happening naturally doesn't mean that it won't happen happen you see he knew what he had heard he'd heard rain so he determined until he heard and he saw the rain that's how he went back to his knees it's because he was determined that no matter what happens naturally no matter what I see no matter what disappointment no matter what frustration I'm going to keep praying until what my prayers are saying matches what I heard God say (laughs) it was not a faith for what was not there You see, Elijah did not have faith for what was not there because he had already heard it. So he knew it was there. When God tells you something and it is confirmed in your spirit, this is why the verses that talk about Abraham and Romans when it says that he was fully persuaded. It wasn't just a partial persuasion. It wasn't, well, I don't know if that was God. No, he was fully persuaded. Elijah was fully persuaded. And so when he prayed, it's it's not a question of what God told me. I'm not praying in faith anymore, but I am praying until the situation catches up to what I heard God say. (laughs) You see, it's not that nothing's happening. No, it's just catching up to God's word, that God's word went forth. And just like the angel that Daniel, when he prayed and the angel said, I heard you the first time, but it took me 21 days to get here. The angel took a while to catch up. There were some battles that had to be fought. But it didn't mean that God's word wasn't being accomplished. Let me tell you right now. You prayed prayers and you're frustrated. You don't know what's happening. But let me tell you, you don't have to pray in faith. You need to pray in confidence of what God said. And that if God said it, He is working. He is moving. Maybe I just need to keep praying until that situation catches up to what God promised. Oh, come on, you heard healing, and there's no healing yet. Let me tell you, keep praying until healing catches up. You heard revival, and you don't see it how you heard it, but I'm going to challenge you to keep praying until you see revival. You heard backsliders and kids coming back to church, and it's not happening. Keep praying until it matches what you heard from God. Keep praying, keep believing, keep trusting that God will accomplish what He said. Cloud represented potential and possibility. Finally, Elijah, he, Elijah, that was a combination of Elijah and Elisha, just to cover them both. Elisha, uh, Elijah, he sends the servant out the seventh time. And the servant comes back and says, I see the cloud the size of a man's hand. Whether it was actually the size of a man's hand or it was off in the distance, it doesn't really matter. He saw something. And that cloud represented potential and possibility. It represented what could be. It represented fields that had been dried up being revived. It represented a search for water ending. It represented no more going to purchase food elsewhere outside the nation because the crop has failed again. It was a cause for rejoicing. It was a cause for hope to be fulfilled. It was the signs of something changing. The signs of something changing. The cloud, the size of a man's hand. Let me tell you what, the cloud is good. 
Not, not the cloud that you save stuff to, that you hope is out there somewhere. You hope all your pictures aren't gone, you just know they're in the cloud somewhere. <laughs> He's coming through the clouds. <laughs> wonder if that's the cloud he was talking about. Now we can get into the mark of the beast because when the Lord returns, he's going to break forth and bust through the internet. <laughs> but the cloud is good. The cloud is necessary. Those signs, I'm thankful that sometimes we keep praying and all of a sudden God sends something and we begin to see something. We, we begin to see fruit of our prayers. We begin to see something happening because if there was no cloud, there would be no rain because the rain happens because of the cloud. I think that you and I should rejoice when we start to see something happening. In fact, Scripture says, don't despise the day of small things. That It's all right to rejoice before it's all happened. It's all right to see a cloud and say, you know what? The promise is on its way. That I know this isn't what it is, but I understand that because there's a cloud, that means God is moving, that God is touching, that God is doing something. Scripture is full of examples of people praising, of people rejoicing with only a cloud. Paul and Silas worshipped and they didn't even have a cloud. They worshipped in a prison cell before God ever did anything. We understand that before the walls of Jericho fell down, there was a shout that went up to God. The Job worshipped before his deliverance ever came. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They didn't get to see what they believed. They didn't get to see what they prophesied and preached and said. But you know what? They worshipped over the cloud they saw. They were persuaded because of a cloud. They embraced the promises because of a cloud. They confessed that this world was not their home because of a cloud. I'm thankful for every person who's heard the word of God that's seen a cloud and remain persuaded of what God had said that you're holding on to something that doesn't seem like much but you know it's something and you keep holding on you keep believing you keep trusting every report that you get is just a cloud getting added to every sign that you see is just adding to what God said I think we should receive strength from the cloud to take another step you see, that's what happened when they saw the cloud, a journey started. I think that when we see the cloud, it's signs to start the journey to take another step because it reminds us that God is still moving and promises are still on the way. But I want to challenge us this morning to remember something. And it's this, that Elijah was not praying for a cloud. He never said, Lord, send a cloud. He never said, you know what, it's been three years, it's time for a cloud to show up. No, the cloud was necessary. But I want to remind you that what Elijah was praying for was rain. He was praying for rain. You see, that cloud represented expectation. It represented possibility. It represented potential of what could be. What could happen. That when people saw that cloud, they thought, next year we could have a good crop. That tomorrow I could have to not go look for water. That all of these things were potential, possibilities, expectation. But he was not praying for the potential of rain. He was praying for rain. And here's why. Because he knew what God had said. God did not say there's going to be a cloud. God said there's rain. Because he did not hear a cloud, he heard the sound of the abundance of rain. Because he knew something. He knew that while the cloud was great, and while he could rejoice with the cloud, and that it meant something, he knew that the cloud wouldn't really make a difference. It was the rain that would make a difference. It was the rain that would transform the nation. It was the rain that would transform people's lives. Let me tell you, the cloud represents an answer. But let me remind someone today, the cloud is not the answer. It represents something, but it is not the answer. Let me tell you, I see the cloud, but I want the rain. I see something on the horizon, but I don't want to just settle for a cloud. No, I want the rain of the Holy Ghost to fall upon us. I want the rain of His Spirit to hit this community. I want the rain of His power to hit this church. You see, Elijah understood some things. He understood that the cloud changes some things. Yeah, it changes how I feel inside. It changes how I look at things. But the rain, it changes everything. It doesn't just give me hope. No, it brings fulfillment with it. 
And this is what I felt to say, that we can become so enamored with potential. We can become so enamored with expectation. We can get so caught up in the hope of fulfillment that it's possible to forget about the actual fulfillment. We get so caught up with the cloud. We get so caught up about what it means. And I think we should rejoice. I think we should, we should be thankful for all of that. But let me remind you that we're not looking for the cloud. We want the rain. I've never prayed for the cloud, but I've prayed for the rain. I'm not praying for possibilities. I'm praying for fulfillment. I believe that we should enter church with expectation, but I don't want to live in expectation. I believe that we should come to church and believe that anything is possible, but I don't want to live in anything is possible. I want to see the impossible happen. I want to see my expectations fulfilled and exceeded. I don't want to see a potential move of God. I want to see a move of God. I don't want to just believe people will get the Holy Ghost. I want to see people get the Holy Ghost. I don't want to just believe people get out of wheelchairs. I want to see people get out of wheelchairs. <laughs> oh, come on now. Come on now. We can get all caught up with he's a healer. <laughs> we can get all enamored with he's a healer. But you know what? I don't pray for people so that they can just feel a little bit better. I don't pray for people. Well, you know what? To be honest, sometimes I have. You know what, God, I, I told you I've been challenged with faith. And, I, and maybe it's an apology. I don't know, whatever it is. I, I actually told, I told Brother Andy this because God was convicting me right about the time they got news about Felicity. I told Brother Andy this, and it's going to be a commitment I'm going to make. Sometimes we, get, we look for the easy way out. You ever prayed the easier prayer? And, and that's what, whatever you feel, that's fine. This is, this is my conviction. This is what God's been talking to me about. I told Brother Andy, I said from the start, I said, I don't, I don't care how you pray or how family prays or anyone else prays. You can pray for good results. You can pray for tests to go well. But God challenged me. That's the easy prayer. I don't care if you pray it. I said, I'm going to pray for healing. If God chooses to heal through the doctors, that's fine with me. But I'm never going to pray for your test results again. I'm never going to pray that your surgery goes well again. I'm going to pray that God heals you every single time. Because I'm not caught up in the potential of healing. I want to see God heal. I want to see people go for their surgery and not need it. I want people to go for their tests and the tests are completely clear because it's gone. I want the unexplainable to happen in this church. Because I'm not going to get caught up in the cloud. No. I want to see the rain fall in this community. I want to see the rain fall in this church. Oh, come on. I see a cloud, but I want the rain. I wonder if someone else wants the rain of the Spirit of God in this place. Oh, we see a cloud forming, but I don't want to settle for that. I want the rain of His presence in this place. Let me tell you, it's all right to feel God. It's all right to be inspired. It's all right to make life changes. I think that's good. I, th I, I appreciate everyone that comes to church. And, and man, we got some people coming here that, man, you've made such great changes in your life, positive changes. And I don't dismiss any of those things because it's good and it's right. But let me say it this way. In, in, the, in the context of this message, that's all good that you feel God. That's great that you made life changes. But let me tell you, that's the cloud. That's the cloud. That's possibility. That's potential. There's something there. It can't happen without that. But I don't want to settle in your life for just a cloud. No. I, need, I want to see you get the Holy Ghost. I want to see you receive something more than a positive influence. I want the cloud. But I want the rain of the Holy Ghost. Because I understand the cloud is good. But it's the rain that makes the difference. It's the Holy Ghost that does something in your life. It's the Holy Ghost that... It transforms in your life. You see, the cloud is full of promise, but it's only potential promise until the rain falls. <laughs> Let me tell you, I see the cloud of revival. I see the cloud of revival. And I'm thankful for every person that God has filled with the Holy Ghost. And I do not dismiss any person who has experienced salvation because that is the greatest miracle that could ever happen. And we've seen people healed. In fact, I've preached about it. If you need to know if God still heals, look around. There's miracles. People that should be dead sitting in this place. And I'm thankful for that. 
<laughs> but can I say it this way? I think it's only the cloud. I think it's only the cloud. I'm not dismissing what God has done in your life. I'm not dismissing any person that's received the Holy Ghost. But let me tell you, what we've experienced, I think it's just the cloud. (laughs) And you know what I want? I want the rain of the Holy Ghost. You know what that means to me? That means that there's people getting filled with the Holy Ghost every single service. That means that when we have prayer time, we have trouble having prayer time because people are walking away healed by the power of God. I want you to come to church, and I want there to be, instead of all these prayer cards, that's fine, we're going to keep praying, but there's a list of testimony cards of I prayed for this person, and they were healed. I want people to show up at Monday night prayer because they know if I show up there and they pray for me, I'm going to leave different because I don't want to just see the cloud. I want to see the rain. I want to see something fall in this church. I want people to get convicted on a Wednesday night and get baptized. I want people to show up for crafting things and get the Holy Ghost. I want God to do something in everything that we do because I'm thankful for what He's done. But I think it's just a cloud and I want to see the rain of God's presence. The reason I'm preaching this is because I see the cloud spiritually. I see it. I see it happening. I see signs of it everywhere. I know there's promises of healing in this place. I know there's promises of backsliders coming back that God has given you. I know there's promises of family members who have never known God and God's given you promises about them. I know there's promises about callings and ministries of revival are all represented in this place. And let me tell you, in every one of those situations, I see a cloud forming. I see a cloud forming. That your prayers have not gone on in vain. I see a cloud forming. Spurgeon, famous minister from the 1800s, he wrote that there's four clouds of revival. He said, first of all, there's a growing dissatisfaction with the present state of things. An increasing anxiety among the members of the church for the salvation of the souls. He says, when the church is stirred for souls, it's a cloud. It's a cloud. He said, that, that's a cloud of revival coming. I'm thankful for every person that's shown up to prayer, for every person that's prayed in their home, for everyone that's getting involved with outreach and various things. I'm thankful, but let me tell you, I don't just see it as involvement. I see it as a growing dissatisfaction that, you know what? God has called us to do something in this community. God has called us. Yes, we need to come. We need to be healed. We need to be made whole in ourselves. But God has called us to reach out, to do something that He has called us for a purpose. And I see a stirring. I know there's people that feel it. Let me tell you, that stirring is a cloud of what God wants to do. And he said, when this anxiety leads believers to be exceedingly earnest and bold in prayer. Oh, I think there's people that are being bold in prayer. I think God is challenging us to raise our level of prayer. To quit praying easy prayers. To quit praying non-specific prayers of Jesus save the world. Which he does need to do. But God is calling us and He's stirring us as believers. This anxiety, this stirring to be earnest and bold in prayer. And I believe that God is going to answer bold prayers that are prayed. That He told us we can come boldly into His throne room. Not because of who we are, but because of what He has done. And we can ask of Him. And things begin to happen. When ministers begin to pray together and to say, what must we do? What do we have to do to see this happen? There's got to be something that we can do. Yes, we're praying, but there's got to be something we can do. And he says, the fourth cloud is when we shall see the doctrine of the individual responsibility of each Christian fully felt and carried out into individual action. That just simply means that you and I realize God's called us to go and we do it. Jesus left the words, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And with that, that individual doctrine, that individual responsibility, God gave that responsibility to every member. He did not give it to the church, although it is a calling to the church. But each person is called to go and preach and make disciples. And when the church begins to feel that pull, when every member begins to feel that responsibility, he says that's a cloud 
of revival. Let me tell you, I'm thankful for the clouds of revival that I see in this church. I'm thankful for the people that God is stirring, that God is doing something, that there's a dissatisfaction, that there's something, and it's not a God, it's not of the church, but you realize God has called me to something more. God wants me to do something more for his kingdom. Let me tell you, I see clouds this morning, but I do not want to settle for a cloud. I do not want to settle for anxiety in my spirit. I do not want to settle for a little stirring that I, 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 I appease on a Sunday or a Wednesday. No, I want to see the rain fall in this church. I want to see the rain fall in this church because what this community needs is not another program. This community does not need someone else to start anything else. It needs the power of the Holy Ghost to fall on this community. What your life and what your situation needs is not just another random answer. It needs the power of God to work in your situation. And I believe it's on the way. I believe it's coming. As I close this morning, I believe there's deliverance in this place. I believe there's healing in this place. I believe there's salvation in this place. His arm is not short. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 9. God is speaking. This is the last chapter of Isaiah. And he says this. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth? Saith the Lord. Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb? Saith thy God. Now that's a great preaching phrase, pregnant with promise. Pregnant with promise and potential. Isn't that great? But God did not give you a promise, if I can keep using that terminology, for you to stay permanently pregnant. Now, I've never been pregnant. I do know that through pregnancy, it allowed me to participate in sympathy cravings. I was able to eat all the cottage cheese I wanted out of sympathy because I felt that too. But I don't think there's too many, there's a few people I've heard that say they really just enjoyed being pregnant. My wife's not one of those. But I don't know if there's anyone who would want to be permanently pregnant. Now you start getting into the old days. My dad was the youngest of 12 and His mother died fairly young. She was just about permanently pregnant. But I don't know that someone would want to be permanently pregnant because you're not supposed to do that. There's supposed to be something birthed. There's supposed to be something happening. You don't want morning sickness all the time. You don't want all of that all the time. The point of it, God is saying, the point that you are going through the struggle and the trial that you are going through is not meant to just keep you in that place, but something is going to be birthed inside of you. And he's also warning them, do not get comfortable where you are at, because where you are at is not where you are supposed to go. He's saying, there's a cloud, but there's rain coming. He's saying, I did not bring you to this point. I did not give you promises and let you pray prayers year after year after year for you not to see anything happen. No, God said, I'm going to bring something to pass. He's saying, I've given you a word and I've brought you this far and I'm not going to fail you now. I'm not going to quit on my word now. God's not going to let you hear the sound of rain. God's not going to let you hear the, see the cloud and there be no rain. No, God is showing you that because something is about to happen. He's not going to let you feel His Spirit and not fill you with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, I see a cloud. I see a cloud this morning. I see a cloud this morning, but I don't want to settle for a cloud. I want the rain of His presence to fall. As the music comes today, let me tell you, He's not just comfortable letting you come to church and feel Him. No, He wants to fill you. He's not going give, to just give you a taste of a miracle and not perform the miracle. He's not just going to let your lost loved one or backslidden kids come to church every so often and you not see something happen in their life. No, He said, I brought you this far and I'm going to accomplish the work that I said I was going to do. He's not 
not going to give us an idea of revival and what it would look like and not bring it to pass. No, I see altars full. I see people being healed. I see people being filled with the Holy Ghost. I see those addicted being set free. Oh, come on, it's in this place. It's in this place today. God wants us to go from just seeing a cloud and seeing the actuality of promises being fulfilled in this place today. I want you to realize this. Elijah prayed for rain. But at some point, he prayed his last prayer for rain. At some point, he prayed his last prayer for rain. Oh, he prayed the first time, nothing happened. You know what he did? He prayed again, nothing happened. He prayed for his kids, they didn't come back. He prayed again. He prayed for healing, didn't happen. He prayed again. But Elijah prayed his last prayer for rain at some point. Oh, (laughs) I want you to realize today, at some point, you're going to pray your last prayer for that situation. Oh, oh, come on. I know it's, it may not be right now, but you need to look ahead and say, you know what? One day, let me tell you what, one day we prayed the last prayer for Mac and Janie Todd to come back to church. We prayed the last prayer. There's people all around this place. We prayed a last prayer for healing for some of you. We didn't have to pray for healing anymore because God accomplished what he said he was going to accomplish. There's coming a day when you're not going to have to pray for your kids, your family, your he- Oh, come on now. God's going to accomplish what he said he's going to do. There's coming a day when you won't have to pray anymore. And that means his promise is coming to pass. I believe it's happening in this place. I believe that we're not going to keep praying for too much longer for some things. I believe that God is showing us a cloud. I believe that God, we've checked multiple times, but God is saying there's rain coming. Can you hear the rain? Can you hear the sound of the abundance of rain? Can you see the cloud? So here we go. Here we go. Is this the last week you pray for it? (laughs) Now I know, I know, I know we can't control God. I know we can't control Him. And I know we can't say, you know what, God, you're going to do this today. That doesn't usually work out too good. But I'm challenging you today. I'm challenging you in your prayers. Is this the week? Is this the week? Maybe you're in the situation where you've even quit checking. You've checked four or five times and nothing's happening. You're going to keep praying, but you're not going to check no more. Maybe you need to check in one more time and see if there's something there. I know sometimes we got to leave people in situations alone and let God deal with them, but I'm challenging you. Why don't you check one more time? And perhaps this is the week. (laughs) I want you to think about your situation right now as we stand this morning. I want you to think about a situation you've been praying about I want you to think about a situation that maybe God spoke to you years about years ago I want you to think about that you know what it's fine to think of the futility of all the times it seemed like you prayed before you can think about the first and second you can think about sending the servant out the fifth time But now what I want you to do, I want you to see if you can somehow go to just before that. That time when you heard the sound of the promise. When you heard the sound of the abundance of rain. When before the situation ever got to where it is now, you heard, I will never leave you or forsake you. When you heard that healing is going to come. When you heard that they're going to come back. When you heard that I'm going to save when you heard that I'm going to provide, I want you to go to that point. When you heard God speak to you at a youth camp or a youth convention or a youth service and God said, I'm going to do this with your life. And now it seems so far from that. And you've checked, say, God, where am I at with this? And nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Go back to the time you heard it. And see if you can hear the sound 
of the rain again. See if you can hear the noise of the rain at all, of that promise. See if you can hear the rain of promise in your life again. There may have been clouds. There may have been moments. But I'm challenging you not to settle for anything less than the rain. Than the fullness of the promise. Perhaps just hearing that rain allows you to go to your knees one more time. Allows you to check one more time. But I'm here to tell you today, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I believe it's happening in this place. Let me tell you, at some point you're going to pray your last prayer for that situation. I speak this in faith right now. I've got no power to control it, but I speak in faith and the power of God. I believe that for someone this is your last week of sickness. I believe for someone this is the last week of praying for that backslider. I believe for someone, this is the last service you pray for the Holy Ghost. Come on, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I see a cloud of potential. I see a cloud of expectation. I see a cloud that contains the past prayers that are promises contained in that. But I don't want to settle for that. I want to hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I'm here to challenge your faith today to pray a big prayer today. Again, I know we can't control God. I know we can't do that, but I'm, I'm praying that your faith is stirred today, that you'll approach this altar one more time and you'll say, God, I'm coming before you one more time. And Lord, I'm thankful for all you've done in the past. But Lord, I want to see everything accomplished. I don't want to quit praying. I don't want to quit believing until I see everything accomplished, until I see rain on the dry fields, until I see rain filling up the wells again until I see rain falling on my family again until I see the rain of your Holy Ghost filling my life again until I see healing come on this altar is open this morning I'm challenging you to come and pray in faith today Come on, I'm here to challenge you to hear that sound even though you may not hear it anymore. Even though people may think you're crazy for hearing that sound and say, Lord, I'm not settling for the cloud. I'm happy for the cloud. I'm thankful for the cloud. But I want to see the rain of your spirit in my life. Come on, there's deliverance in this place. There's healing in this place. There's victory in this place. God wants to fill someone with the Holy Ghost in this place. Today is your day. This could be the last prayer that you pray pray over that situation and I'm challenging you to pray in faith to pray believing and expecting God to do what he said he was going to do oh come on lift your praises one more time come on lift your voice to him one more time That's it. Come on. There's people who have prayed for revival for years. I want you to pray for revival like you never have before and say, God, I'm thankful for what you've done. But Lord, I know there's more. Come on. There's ministries in this altar. There's young people in this altar that you've seen the cloud of what God wants to do with your life. But I'm not going to be satisfied with just a piece. I want to see the rain of his presence in my life. Oh, come on. That's it. 